Get it on the motherfucking floor, the same wiffle ball bitch. And welcome to a new episode of Keep Up with Sylvan Sane, episode 20 motherfucking nine. If you don't like motherfucker, you can hit the motherfucking door. How about that? So, let's get into what, oh, let's do the sound effect actually. What the fuck? Happened this week. Well, some of this didn't happen to me this week, but we'll tell you what the fuck is going on anyway. I am on a kickball team. I'm not going to call out certain names. But I have a little member on my team that uh, that passively, aggressively shuts me out of things. We got into a skirmish. Again, this is kickball, everyone. I know. I'm very competitive. That's why the fucking episode is called Get It On The Floor, Leave It On The Floor, whatever the hell you want to call it. In it to fucking win it. Because I'm a very competitive person. And I'd like to talk about that. Not just my competitiveness. But the world's competitiveness. Where where the balance leads. Because some people think. That you shouldn't be competitive at all. That you should be this fucking. Walking piece of meat. And uh, everybody. Like I said. This ain't wiffle ball bitch. It's not all equal. Sometimes people win. And sometimes people lose. And sometimes you can't drink away your problems when it comes to that. I don't even know. Some of the people I hang out with on this kickball team, they drink like fishes. I don't get it. I know I smoke a lot of weed, but holy shit, that does not cost as much money as going to a bar every night. I, I don't know where they get this money. But anyway, that's not even the point. Got into a fight with her because I think that she favors the umps who were her friends more than her actual team. So, I was yelling at the ump, I think the last game of the season, and we're friends. Me and the ump are cool. And she barges in, and she wasn't even in the game. She's on our team, and she wasn't in the game. And she comes in, and she starts yelling, and she yells at me, because I'm I'm going at it with the ump. Because he was calling some bullshit. And these umps, you know, they're makeshift umps. They're the same people that are in the league. They're cheap. They won't hire anybody outside. That's fucked up. But whatever. Gotta take what you can take. I enjoy the league. I really do. So like I said, they'll they'll like totally like side with the umps no matter what. Because they're trying to support them. But they won't support their teammates. And so she had the nerve to be like, don't be that guy. Yelled it actually. I won't even contest that. I don't know why people think that women... When a man out yells a woman, that all of a sudden the woman didn't yell at all. No, 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 no. Just because your vocal cords aren't as, I don't know, as big as mine. I don't know the anatomy about that. The physics in my my throat when it comes to those, the esophagus. But um, now she, she definitely yelled. I yelled back. <clears throat> and I was pretty much admonished. after. I was pretty much exiled after that. Just Just like that. Just like that. I'm on the team, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm on the team. Sometimes I feel like it's easy 
to uh, make a joke about my about anything that I do on there. Maybe I'm being sensitive. Again, it is kickball. But that's fucked up. I don't. I my point is is that it doesn't matter how small you are, what genitalia you have, you could be a bully too. It may not look in the form that I do it. When I bring it to your fucking front door like dominoes, I've used that before. Thank you, fabulous. You can listen to that song one day. It's with Joe Button, actually. That's one of my favorite Joe Button. Actually, that is my favorite Joe Button song, like, by far. So, I, uh, I don't, I, I don't think that people, I don't think that little people and nerdy people and whatever, I don't think they get enough credit for being bullies. You only look at people like me. What about the people that do it behind closed doors? What about the people when you're not around are trying to rally people against you? I feel like that's what happens. Because I was at a game once before, and I've I've tried to apologize. I tried to bring a bottle of wine to her at a draft party. Nah, man, doesn't do it. I like her pictures on Instagram. I like I give her props on Facebook. Nope, that was that was too much for her. So she must start a campaign against me. I still haven't gotten my cup from the season before. So like I said, she may not be as loud as I am when it comes to speaking my mind and not as forceful as in getting her way. She does it in back channels. And to me, passive aggressive bullying is just as bad as cyberbullying, as just as bad as intimidation in front of people full frontal intimidation that's probably me I'm confrontational so she is not confrontational there you go that's the difference between us she is not confrontational I am I don't see the difference though if you are willing to go like you know little pussy lobbyist behind everybody's back to try to fucking go against me then you're a fucking bully too boo motherfucking ya and boo who to me I'm over it I was talking to this person uh, recently on my block, actually. We're smoking a couple blunts, and she's Guyanese. Why do I say that? It's because for some reason she thought that she was the black police. She thought that, that she was uh, the codification of being black. So I'm out there just chilling, and she goes, you could tell that you're part white. And I'm like, okay. And she goes... Yeah, the way you carry yourself, the way you speak, you don't speak black, you don't look black, you don't, you know, I don't know, carry yourself in that way. And I really like that. I know there's like a biracial redundancy. I know you guys have heard it before. But who the fuck are you to tell me that I'm black? And you're Guyanese at that. How, when did you get this perspective? Like, when did you say to yourself that or what? Like mainstream media or your family or your friends, the people you hung out with. What made you think that being ghetto just was being black? I don't like that. I don't like that. I like the option. Don't get me wrong. I love the option to be ratchet. It's nice. It's a great option. But everybody uses that option. Why Why only got to be black people? Like I see white people, Spanish people, Chinese, Asian, all types. All types trying to be hip hop. And hip-hop is the number one genre right now. You may not believe it, but it is. No, nobody sings more songs from the genre than hip-hop, R&B, and rap. Test me on that. Test me on that. 
I don't care what fucking background you are in the U.S. You are singing some type of hip-hop song, some type of hip-hop R&B, some hardcore rap, some trap, whatever. You can't go a week without singing one of those songs. That is the number one music in America. <clears throat> so it influences people. It influences style, fashion, the way you speak, the way you carry yourself. So I am in many different circles. I have lived in many different regions. I was raised by two different cultures. I'm cool with that. And it definitely reflects in who I am. And I am definitely accepting of that. But something I won't accept is a Guyanese chick telling how black I am. I mean, I'm not going to like. I'm not going to be like Rondo and spit in her face. I definitely think that she should stand down. But it's cool. She's not. Many people are going to tell you what your identity is. You don't have to accept it. You can ignore it. But I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. Whatever you feel you are, it doesn't even matter sometimes. Because like I said, it matters what other people think of you. And I know that sounds funny because all these little these fucking memes out there trying to pull out self-confidence. That's cool. But a little bit of it is fake. Your identity, know your worth, know these things. Yeah, that's cool. But to be honest, it's in your head. Knowing your worth is subjective. It's subjective. And there's billions of people in this world. How much do you think you're really worth until you're really worth it? Until you're actually a market value until someone actually verifies you, until a society verifies you, a community, a group, a, whatever, whatever you want to call it. You can't verify yourself. I don't know where you thought you could. So like I said, the Rachel Dozells of the world, the tooth fairies of the world, the people that are confused about their gender. By the way, by the way, I'm not for this, by the way, even though. I believe that we do have a fixed gender when we were born. I do. I do not agree with the Trump administration's handling of it, though. I would never take people's freedom away. If you want to believe that, that is totally fine. And I will respect it, too. Like, I will I will call you what you want to be called. I'm, I like to be respectful for people and what they feel. But again, if someone calls themselves a tooth fairy, I'm going to apply that same logic. And I guarantee you... You're not going to do the same. Pretty much. I'll be like, yeah, what up, Tooth Fairy? What's good? What's popping? And you're going to be like, why the fuck do you think that you're a Tooth Fairy? But yet, you'll be cool with someone changing their gender. I think the only thing difference between transsexuals and transgender uh, population is that there is a cosmetic way to attain your goal. If I were to think that I was the Loch Ness Monster, or for instance, even that movie Walrus, where they did change Justin Long anatomically into, physically, into a walrus. Very disgusting movie. I wish I had that time back in my life. Really gross. Kevin Smith, that's a black eye in your career. I know. I know you don't believe that. I know you don't believe that. Because you identify that as a win. You didn't get into movies to identify movies yourself. You need other people to watch it and tell what they think of your movie. And Walrus, it wasn't it. But it's a cool reference. It's a cool reference. 
So you can go to the doctor and physically, if you have the money and if you go through psychological training, you can become a woman, you become a man. Totally fine. I'm totally fine with that. I really am. You can afford it. We live in a free, we're supposed to live in a free country. But your administration is trying to take that right away. Not only does he believe what I believe in fixed genders, he wants to make that official. I would never do that. I would never make that official because that's not freedom. That's not freedom. Again, I may, I may be like making light of this with like bringing it into fictional things, but who's to say? You will judge Rachel Dozell for thinking that she's black. You will judge someone that believes that they are younger than they are. You can apply it to anything. Like I said, I saw this segment where this grown-ass 40-something-year-old man thought he was 12. And you give him a mental sickness. You have deemed him, as a society, someone that is ill. But when it comes to gender, I think, I think, I don't know this, but because so many people partake in it, not that many, I mean, it's definitely under 1%, but it's still bigger than people that identify as being the tooth fairy. So I think because that has been such a, a, uh, a hot topic for such a long time, for maybe at least 30 years, like trying to get uh, your sexual gender to be non-binary, which is that fine too, actually. I would actually rather that. I'd rather we just have nothing. I'd rather who cares. I that It really doesn't matter to me. I know the characteristics of what it means for me to be a man. That's fine. And most of it is adopted through history and society. I'm lazy. Sue me. But I also don't like it to define me either. I like to do the things I like to do. I like to listen to Adele. I like to listen. I like to do things that may be feminine. Oh well, that's fine. That's called that's called gender appropriation. Just like cultural appropriation, we can adopt some things. I don't have to be totally a woman to understand and appreciate some of the things that women do. If it's still binary. But anyway. Back to the point. This guy and these chick can't tell me how black I am. Just like I can't tell you what gender you are, what color you are, and what your motherfucking age is. Call Blink-182 if you got a problem with that. On kind of the same note, I never wanted to hit this chick. <laughs> but um, I had this on my mind. I had this on my mind. Segwaying. Can you, as a man, as a man, this is only to you men out there, strictly for my niggas. So, uh, when I was in high school, I got into a big trouble with one of my ex-girlfriends. I, she cheated on me. I cheated on her with her best friend who lived and went to my school. And she sent me. So then I admitted it to my ex. My ex made me expose the person and then the person tried to write threat letters to me. My dean lost the threat letters. Then she went to my gym class with a bunch of people, went to the bathroom with a bunch of girls, and made it seem she was going to jump me. Make a long story short, she called me a nigga in front of everybody in the gym class. A dirty nigga at that. Now, if you really want to offend a person, again, a black person in America hears the N-word profusely, whether they like it or not. 
I say it, and it's not because I'm giving up. It's not because it's just it's always been in my vernacular. It's always been, and I have black family members that say it on a regular basis. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. So I hear people say it all the time, but the way that you really want to get under a black person's skin when you say that, you most likely will not get under their skin. They've heard it so many times, they're just like, whatever. It's just another word in the language. I'm sure they feel a certain type of way every once in a while, but most of the time they're just like, it's just like butter being in the dictionary, like, what the fuck, who cares? But if you really want to ruffle some motherfucking feathers, you call a Negro a dirty nigga if you really, like, mean it. My ex said that one time in a club. This dude was harassing her, and I'm trying to pull her away, and she goes, you're just a dirty nigga. That was, that was literally, and she's Puerto Rican. That was literally the most embarrassing girlfriend boyfriend moment of my life definitely again i've heard the word so many times but when you put the dirty on it when you like no totally disrespectful so this woman said that and i called her white trash she was some like redhead wannabe thug so i said that and she quickly i don't know why that was more offensive than i guess she really thought she was black (laughs) blacker than me at least Everybody thinks they're blacker than me. You know how many times I've had people go, Vince, I get tanner than you. Or like they go out and get burnt ass red looking like a lobster. And I'm like, but I'm tan. You're burnt. There's like a difference. You're turning into John McCain. I'm just living my best life, bitch. So this chick goes through a crowd of people. So it's kind of like. It's kind of like, were they really protecting me? Like, were they really trying to be... No, they moved out the way when she tried to go slap me. She slapped me, and I hit her pretty hard back. So, uh, I got in big legal trouble for this, by the way. It really affected my college career. Um, I was going to school in Indiana. I had to go to court twice a month because I had turned two days prior. I mean, 18. I had turned 18 two days prior when it happened. And this girl was like about 16, 15, 16 years old. Again, I'm stupid. I was in high school. People date younger people in high school. It happens. But continuing, not even the physical relationship, but getting into the legal freaking line right there, that was stupid on my part. But I was very young. I was 17 when I was going out with her. I thought shit was all sweet. It wasn't. You learn your lessons. So I hit her back. I got arrested. I got arrested. And uh, I'd like to know your thoughts. I'd like to know your thoughts. I don't think it was right that I hit her. I don't think that it was because she was a girl, though. Um, She is definitely weaker than me. So when it comes to guys and girls, I am a bigger person than most. I'm not the biggest person. Definitely not. My brother's bigger than me, and he's like four years younger than me. But I definitely think it's not cool to peek on the weak. And she's definitely weaker than me. Even to this day. She's a stripper, by the way. If you need to go check her out. If you need to see some uh, white trash titties. But, uh, and yo, and I got friends that back her up to this day. To this day. Not the situation, but like, Vince, get over it. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm just telling you the story, guys. I made it. I prevailed. I have a college degree. She does not. Her family got arrested pretty much for the same thing. Her mother hit a student. I don't know which one's worse. So my dad... He was disappointed. Again, he didn't, I mean, he used to beat the shit out of me, so I don't even understand. 
I guess that's acceptable because I'm his child and I'm a, a dude, I guess. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, where is the gender? Where's the gender appropriateness of this? Like, why are women allowed to just hit men? Um, with little provocation, usually. Sometimes there's huge provocation. Sometimes. I don't think anybody should be hitting anybody. I'm on the Whoopi Goldberg stance. Nobody should be hitting anybody. If I have a child or if I have my nieces and nephews, I won't even like bring that part up like don't hit a woman. No, I won't say that ever, actually. That should be assumed. You shouldn't be hitting anyone. And I think when you tell women or you tell like you raise men and women, don't hit a female, don't hit a female. First of all, people will always go against what you say when it says don't do this. Especially children. And especially when it's ingrained in that. I'm not a fucking child psychologist, but this is just from my experience as a person. Second of all, you shouldn't, you shouldn't make it like something else. The alternative is better. As if like a female is reprieved, like a female is allowed to, when you say do not hit a woman and don't hit a man, you are pretty much assuming that a man is allowed to get hit. And that just leads to disaster in all areas. And again, that is the only time maybe I like roughed up my sister when I was growing up. And apologies to her, of course. I love my sister. I would never lay a hand on her ever again. That would That's crazy. I don't even know why I did that. But to be honest, I think I came not from an extremely violent home. My dad wasn't like some fucking abuser. But any form of violence, that was I was impressionable. And again, it's my fault. I don't blame that on my dad. But, you know, there's a linkage to it. That's all I got to say. And let's put a third of all in there. Why not? Why fucking not? Third of all, you should be promoting nonviolence in all homes. Again, Whoopi Goldberg said it best. Nobody should be hitting anybody. So my question, back to the question. Are men allowed to be reactive in a physical way? Are they allowed to hit a woman back? Me, personally, because of how society views it, I try to stay away from that. I do not want to hit a female. I do not want the backlash. Do I think some females deserve it? Hell fucking yes. Some females deserve a kick in the throat. But there are men in my life that deserve that too. And I have restrained myself. I have abstained. I am 32 years old, and I just really don't feel like I really don't feel like missing work, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. I think if I get arrested or, like, if I have a black eye or if I, like, twist my ankle in the fight. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've been in, like, a real physical fight. That's the real reason why I don't really get into fights. Plus, I don't want to disappoint anybody. And, again, I don't want that stigma. That was a hard stigma. I was in high school, so that was that was kind of, like, the territory. But if I did that later in life, I don't think I'd ever recover. And I'm sure this will resurface because, you know, I'm thinking about public life. But it's okay. I wear this flaw. I didn't for a while. I lied for a while. A lot of my friends lied in their testimony and shit like that. But I don't care. Not a big deal. Um, big outs, big shouts to them. Hopefully the statue is over. But, um, yeah, dude. Can you hit a female back? Yeah, you can. But are you ready for the consequences? Speaking of chicks, I've been tempted to hit my old coworker. 
uh, that used to work at Puffco. She is probably the worst employee I've ever worked with in my life. And uh, shout out to them. They get to still deal with that. I'm sure it's fun. But she's literally atrocious. She's so immature. She's very vindictive, vengeful, all of the petty, anything you can think of in a to make a, a work environment, a not very cohesive work environment, she is a part of. I, I've never met anybody like that. And that's her. And I know her mom died during the time. Doesn't matter. You're a bitch. I don't care. But anyway, you taught me, you taught me a few things. I mean, most of them what not to do, but this one was with warranties. I have a great warranty with Bose. If something happens, I paid $150 for these things. They replaced them. They replaced, as long as you give them back, I guess they fixed them and they refurbished them and they'll give it cool, whatever. They come out great. I love Bose. I kind of want the earbuds without the wire, but I feel like I'll lose them. I feel like that extra wire that lays on my neck, I feel like that's the way that I don't lose anything. With the buds, I'd be super tight if I took it out to hear somebody because everybody always wants. I do that. Even if there's no music in my headphones, I'll take the headphones out so people don't think that I'm not listening to them. Because people are sensitive like that. They're like, what, what the fuck, man? Would you, take the fucking earphones out. <clears throat> so she had a Patagonia jacket. Just like my Bose headphones had great warranty, she left it on a space heater. Yeah, great employee, right? Great coworker. Left it on a space heater while it was on. The next day, there is that type of material from the jacket burnt and spread out throughout the office. She had left it there and it had burnt into, is it appropriate to say smithereens? No, that's from a smash, right? It was burnt into ashes. And she laughed about it. And you know why she laughed about it? She called Patagonia. And Patagonia got her a new jacket right away. She had to fill out some form, whatever. That made me buy a fucking jacket from Patagonia right away. I definitely got a backpack a little later because I was a little obsessed with bags for a little while. And I wanted to calm down. But still... I waited too long. Oh, plus one of my other coworkers had it, and I didn't really feel like copying off of him. He had the same exact one. I don't like biting off people like that, but whatever. That was stupid. Now I have it. But the point is, get yourself. Doesn't matter, man. Sometimes things are a little expensive, but sometimes they're worth it for the fucking warranty. Even at Puffco, they had a decent warranty. They were they replaced things like pretty quickly, and you know it was it was failing at a pretty alarming rate when I was there. I'm sure it's calmed down a little bit now that I'm not there. Even though I had nothing to do with that. Just the marketing and the customer service aspect of it. That's all I was. I had nothing to do with manufacturing. They were definitely I was definitely around people that were. But they had a good warranty. They backed it up with a decent warranty. And that and shout out to those companies that do, man. That's really important. Shout out to the fucking warranties out there. It's kind of boring subject, so let's move on. There's some items at work. Not just your not just your luxury items that you bring to work that make people feel fucking important. And I'll tell you which one made me feel important. I got this screen protector because that same coworker was mad nosy. She was always up in my screen, always trying to find out what I was doing. And to be honest, 
Most of the time, it wasn't her fucking business, actually. My boss would have been cool hiding that information from her because she's fucking stupid. So, I used to have a screen protector. And there are other things that make people feel cool. Actually, this is probably me at the job. A desk calendar. That definitely makes you feel cool. Your own fucking stapler and tape dispenser. Your own scissors. If you have a pen case at work. Sometimes people feel cool having one of those laptop elevators that put the keyboard in elevation. Some people feel cool standing up while they're at work. I don't get that one. You can tell me all the benefits health-wise, blah, blah, blah. No, you look like a fucking tool. I'm sorry. I know that sitting at your desk can be like cumbersome. I mean, not cumbersome. Can be, ugh. Get up. Go walk. You got to stand in order to get the circulation flowing. As a matter of fact, this girl had a standing desk in front of me at this job at the college board. And I think she had a boyfriend, so that really sucked. And I was going through my breakup. I definitely want to rebound, and especially with somebody hot like that. And it didn't help because she had that standing desk, and her ass was literally in front of me every day. It's not her fault. I mean, she wasn't really thinking about it, I guess. And maybe she didn't know I was such a hornball. But I definitely was looking every day. It was definitely, I was definitely, wow. And I was Snapchatting it. What a jerk. What a fucking jerk I was. But, um, yeah, man. So I'm sure that made her feel good about herself. Because it's like a trend now. Like, if you're in new offices, people are doing it constantly. They're getting those rising decks. And I don't know. Does it make them feel important? Who knows? But, like I said, man, watch out for those motherfuckers that got nothing going on in their lives. That need to go office space on you and be like, yeah, man, I'm cool. I got the fucking stapler. Stapler of the fucking year. I'm that employee of the month. Fuck employee of the month. That shit is so fucking overrated. One more before we get into what the fuck did I hear. Um, Shout out to my homeboy. I'm not going to name his name. I don't want to expose him like that. But I have two homeboys that are I have a few homeboys that are cops. But two of them I went to middle school with, and they are partners. They were partners, and one became detective, and one became a leader of a Ponzi scheme. Not even a Ponzi scheme. I'm sorry, that's a little rough. Pyramid scheme. Does that make you feel better? Um, he works for one. It's like a vacation thing. And my parents used to be a part of one. They used to be part of Amway. And I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan. I don't like pyramid schemes. I don't want to sign up. I have to work mad hard to make your dreams come true. I'm already doing that for the man. I'm already doing that for companies that I work for now. I got to do that on the side? No, 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 no. He's the same guy. I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this show, probably, that when I'm at Governor's Ball, every year this guy fucking pulls up on me and tries to scare the shit out of me. As a matter of fact, I think every one of those three cop friends that I know has done that. Fuck you for that. One of them pressed up on me in my neighborhood, and I live in a predominantly black neighborhood that really doesn't love the police. Not going to lie, the police does not treat us very well over here. So, this motherfucker, like, ran up on me, and he's, like, some, I think he's Puerto Rican, and, whoa, that shit was crazy. And he does it in front of people, like, drug dealers and shit that are, like, not crazy drug dealers, like, weed drug dealers that are in front of the movie theater. And I'm like, dude, you can't be, like, you can't be coming at my rep like that, man. Same thing with the other dude at Governor's Ball, man. Like, I mean, that's not the same thing. There's a whole bunch of different type of people out there. 
You can't be scaring me like that, man. I'd be, shit, I'd be having drugs on me. I'd be thinking like you're about to pull me over and shit. Fuck that. So, I don't really love Ponzi schemes. And, uh, it's really funny though. He said that the other guy became a detective. The other guy that I went to middle school with. And he's probably one of the most racist people I ever met. He's cool. He's like a meathead type of dude. He was like really into being super dominant in sports. I think he was taking roids, to be honest, when we were in middle school. That dude had crazy acne and he was like crazy strong. And I think that's all he was built for because like he was sometimes a big meathead. So that's my point. Don't enter a Ponzi scheme, first of all. Second of all, if you're a cop, Stop running up on your fucking friends. Be a friend and don't scare the fucking shit out of them. I literally had a piece of piss and shit in my pants walking on the bridge. Thank you for that. And number three, if your friend is a racist in middle school and becomes a cop later in life, you should have did something about it in middle school. Mm, Cha-cha-cha. Did I just hear? And uh, there's some cool music releases this week. We have Ace Fraley, Spaceman, Cloud Nothings, The Last Building Burning, Disturbed, that's an old school band, uh, Evolution, Ellie King, she's well known as well, Shake the Spirit, Empress, the album's called Of Us, Pharaoh, Pure O. Greta Van Fleet, the anthem of the peaceful army. Some of y'all might know these artists. I really don't know some of them. How to Dress Well, The Ante Room, Jimmy U. Oh, I know Jimmy Urine. Oh, man. Mindless Self-Indulgence. Oh, they're so cool. They've come out with uh, uh, Is Rap Dead, uh, Hip Hop Died Today, something like that. Uh, oh, they're great. They're great. Mindless Self-Indulgence. If you have not given yourself a treat, they're a good band. But he, Jimmy Urine is doing his solo debut, so I'm going to check that out. I'll check that out. Why not? And we'll check that out on the music release radar that we have going on by Spotify on this, this show. Little Yachty, little, little Yachty, little by little, has uh, made me into a fan, even though he's still kind of trash. Little, But he's got nothing to prove, and that's what his album's called. Mo. I like Mo. And Mo has the same O that I have when I put it on Facebook. Vinson. So, Mo, Forever Neverland, Naya Cherry, Broken Politics, Paper Cuts, I've heard of Paper Cuts before, Parallel Universe Blues, that's the name of their album, Peter Bjorn and John, now we don't care about the young folks, now, that is a really, Peter Bjorn is awesome, so their album is called Darker Days, Richard Ashcroft, Natural Rebel, Solify Ritual is that album. Well, sorry. Richard Ashcroft, Natural Rebel, is his album. Soulfly is new album. It's called Ritual. Lil Oldham, Songs of the Love and Horror. And last but not least, The Breakup of the Beatles. Yoko Ono has a new album called Warzone. Wow. What an album name. Guys, I'm going to condense that next time. I'm thinking you guys want to hear some albums that I don't even know about sometimes. So I don't think that's very productive. So we'll keep that shorter next time. I don't feel like editing that out right now. I got shit to do, motherfuckers. 
So anyway, let's uh, let's listen to the music montage real quick. Why not? Why not? By the way, I have been listening to LMA's album a lot. I know I mentioned it last week as one of the new album releases. You need to check that out. That is actually a featured recommendation from me. Not to say that like you listen to me very often. You probably don't. But if you do, LMA all day. So we got uh, Hand Me Downs by Arkellis. That's one of my new bands that I've been listening to lately. Major Laser and Tovlo have a new song called Blow That Smoke. Then we have Tenacious D, Daddy Ding Dong from their new album. We have Future versus, uh, featuring Juice World. That's called No Issue. Next up by Little Yachty. The Distance featuring Ty Dolla Sign. That is with Mariah Carey. Uh, Marshmallow. No, no, we're not going to do that. We don't do remixes anymore. Fuck that. Uh, Cassidy with Beanie Siegel and Fab. Oh, definitely going to be, definitely going to be interested in that. Then we got, one more, let's do one more. She Loves Control by the Constellations. All right, let's get into those songs now. You can 
control what woman doesn't love control what man doesn't love control i don't get that that one i don't understand so the ones i forgot to mention were uh styles p that is never fight an african he is african by the way he's really dope he's one of my favorite artists um there was another one i didn't mention by accident that was cherub so what they're awesome band and I, I don't know. Was there, was there any music uh, news? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, there wasn't that much. Go- Damn music industry. Why, why wasn't there much going on? I know that everybody keeps talking about uh, Drake and and Pusha T because that interview just came out last week. So maybe we could touch on that. Uh, really impressive in that interview, by the way. Pusha T. Did the him and the clips members they did the I'm loving it. Yes, they did that, but he admits that they got a one time fee. It's kind of like that AOL story I told you, where the guy that did you got mail he fucking only did a one time fee, and these guys made pretty much close to a billion dollars off of that. They made movies, all sorts of things. Guys, if you're gonna sign a voiceover deal, which I have not. I have not. I have not signed a big-time voiceover deal, but I will know this. I will be getting residuals and royalties. Fuck that shit. So just like that, they learned their lesson, and they went to Arby's, and they did, we got the beats. And they get 40% of all that. All that. All the commercials that air, they get 40% of Arby's commercial 
royalties. That's sick. Sick. That is business deal 101. So you saw the shop with LeBron and Drake taking the phone mad quick when showing his kid. Whatever. I don't agree that celebs owe you to show you their family. I don't agree with that. And I also think that was a low blow by Pusha T. You're still talking to the same guy that thinks that Jay-Z won the battle between Nas. I mean, who cuts Nas's checks now? Well, kind of Pusha T now because of good music. I, did, I learned that Pusha T is the president of good music. I learned that uh, he goes on the road like pretty much two-thirds of the year. Uh, you know, I like his one-dimensional rap, to be honest, Pusha T. I never had a problem with that. And to be honest, even in this day and I don't believe he sells drugs anymore. I don't think he's sold drugs in a very long time. Pharrell is just like Diddy when it comes to management. That dude definitely said, cut that the fuck shit out if I'm going to put you on Star Trek, if I'm going to put you on my record label. That's bullshit. But I enjoy listening to it. I don't care. I'm not I'm not look, looking at him to be Pusha Vanilla Ice, although I will call him Pusha TMZ because to me, all he did was gossip about Drake. That's all he really did. Those lines weren't punchlines. He was basically like he basically could have went at the end of the album and been like, nigga, you got a fucking kid. You a deadbeat, this and that. No, he chose to put it in a song. And it wasn't even barred out. It wasn't even like, I can't even remember the lines like that. Like, I can, but it sounds like he was talking to me. Drake barred it out in Duppy. Is he a pussy? Is he corny? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's Drake. Is he sensitive? Yeah. Wow, you hurt his feelings. Yeah, you did, but you didn't outbar him. You didn't outbattle him. You didn't fucking use your rhymes to do that. You fucking just, like, included it. So whatever, I'm going to be biased with that, I guess. I love Drake. I love Pusha T, too. I'm going to see him November 26th at Irving Plaza. I suggest you join me. I've seen him other times as well at other festivals. I saw him at GovBall last time, but I was outside the tent. He has created a whole new buzz. He should thank Drake for that. Even though he's been in the industry for a while and he's making his money, he even admitted on the show that he gets most of his royalties from and most of his income from those commercials, not from rap. So pretty much he's playing with house money when he raps. And he's the president of good music, even though Kanye's going fucking crazy with that MAGA head and going into the, whatever, I don't even want to go into all that. But even in the interview, Pusha T calls all of his antics a W, putting the artwork from that old uh, Adidas ad and fucking up the money. Yeah, Drake was pissed and Drake put out a hundred grand hit on information on Pusha T for saying something about his friend with MS, then Pusha T... In the interview with Joe Button said that um, it wasn't Kanye that gave the information about his son and about the stripper porn baby mother. It was this pillow talk with this dude named 40 and the crew. I kind of believe that, but some of the information, I'm like, what? And especially the fucking cover art with him with the blackface. I'm like, that's part of pillow talk? I call bullshit. I call bullshit on both of these. To be honest, I feel like at this point, this shit is mad contrived. There's way too much shit going on for... For like two people, I think a team definitely came up with this and said, yo, let's put fuel to the fire. And they both doing well, man. They both on tour. It's really not phasing them that much. I know people were like hurt feelings and shit like that. And then uh, Prince uh, Jay, he said that he squashed the beef. Pusha T says that's a lie. And he met him and shit like that. I think they both liars. You don't rap. You don't sell drugs anymore. And Drake, you're not a hard ass motherfucker. Sorry. If you're going to battle rap people, 
You got to know that they're going to try to hurt your fucking feelings. There ain't no rules to this shit, my nigga. Like, what are you talking about? So anyway, that's it for music. Did I just watch? And uh, I watched a little bit on LinkedIn, actually. I saw this uh, video uh, news about friends having their apartment appraised by us, the media, and probably like a real estate professional. And they said that their apartment in this day and age would be $24 million. You heard that correctly. $24 million. Now, see, this is where I have a problem with transplants. They can afford to live there. And I know it's TV. I know it's TV. But even that apartment, that loft apartment, that was fucking extra scrumptious. Even the apartments they were in were the location and they were in the upper, like, west side pretty much. That is unrealistic, everyone. Same thing with Seinfeld. Both those shows don't have many brown people. How does that work? You live in New York City. They excluded brown people out of that shit. And they made it seem like the jobs that they had, they can afford those places. Guys, it's like Inception. They deceived you. It was in, it was actually deception. Don't believe that shit. Stop believing that Friends and Seinfeld is New York. It's not. They just so happen to be in New York. But they definitely did not live in New York. Those jobs they had, you cannot be a fucking chiropractor, a masseuse. You can't work as a fucking up and coming sous chef, living where Rachel, living where fucking uh, Courtney Cox lived. All these things, you're bugging. So it made sense that today that apartment is worth twenty four million dollars because they couldn't afford that shit. Base of fucking Lee. So and and again, I've always said that I'm disappointed. Seinfeld knew Chris Rock for a long time. How come he was never on Seinfeld? And to me, if you have no brown people on screen, that's not New York. Sorry. I know that disappoints some white people across the nation that view New York or even just view brown, yellow, whatever. People of color as just people in the backdrop. No, that's not the case either, homies. We are vital people of New York. Same thing with the show Girls. You guys need to do a better job, including the diversity of this fucking great city. On that note, uh, Carol Spinney is retiring as Big Bird on Sesame Street. Definitely saw that. And the movie, yes, I saw a movie this week. I tried to use my A-list the best I could. Um, it was, I forgot where I was coming from, but I went to go see Halloween on a whim, and I thought it was excellent. I know I've been hearing mixed reviews. Danny McBride was one of the writers. Um, his director from Pineapple Express helped him out to direct it. I thought it was excellent. It uh it squashed all the sequels between it. It made it seem like forty years later. I mean, there was definitely some stretched parts. Like there was definitely things you had to use your imagination on. Like ex- like she was pretty much a hermit this whole time that he's been in there, and he was locked up for forty years and never escaped. Okay, all right, you're a big dude, and so spoiler alert: there's a bus that fucking crashes. Pretty much the same thing as they've done before with him. But the way that people died was crazy. That's the reason why I give it a high mark. Danny McBride is sick. The way that these people, there was fucking fences going through people's jaws. He was stabbing people through the neck. He was killing kids. 
That shit was nuts. And it made $77 million this weekend. So, I mean, it couldn't have been that bad. The soundtrack was on point. John Carpenter came back to do the soundtrack. I was a fan. I liked it. There was a lot of good comedy in it. Like, very, like, well-placed. My friend who kind of, like, uh, I had a friend that trashed I had a few friends that trashed it. But I would give it, out of 5, I would give it a 3.5. Out of 10, I would give it a 7, a solid 7. And, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much, I like Halloween. Uh, Michael Myers was in it. Pretty much the original cast, people. Um, there's a twist. Oh, yeah, all the daughters come, I mean, the daughter and the granddaughter come together with Jamie and Curtis, by the way. And, uh, yeah, they try to take him down, man. They try to take him down. So, basically, the theme of this movie is that the prey becomes the predator. That's pretty cool, actually. I don't I don't know about you. I think that's pretty cool. What the fuck? I went two places this week. I went to two concerts. I went to see Little Dragon on Monday. That was awesome. That was at this place called Elsewhere. I literally was so close that I couldn't smoke my joints. They, I was so close that I was on the stage, I would have caused the fire. If I would have ashed on the wires, I would have been tight. I was so close that I was able to see the set list while I was watching one of my favorite bands of all time perform, Little Dragon. I love them. They're from Sweden. They're amazing. One of the guests from Keeping It Real Hot and Fresh, that's on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Catch it on Facebook Live, the livest show, Real Hot Fresh, if you're going to tag us on an Instagram post. It's also on my Instagram Live. Also, very apologetic. Sorry for any of the phone interviews not making it onto Facebook Live or IG Live. I'm working on that. They really try to promote people downloading the DTF app in order to listen to the show or watch the show. I don't know. I don't really, I'm not in love with that platform, but that's the way to do it. If we're doing phone interviews, I try to sway away from the phone interviews. They keep wanting to do it. What are you going to do? So we're going to try to figure that out. But back to Little Dragon and one of my guests that came on the show, she judged me for trying to date younger women. Again, my stance on that is you don't go looking for younger women, especially they're a headache, dude. They really are like, Maturity-wise, all those things, like, they are a headache. So don't ever go searching for younger women or younger men. But if it happens, why would you limit yourself? Why use ageism to fuck your life up? So this girl's actually pretty pretty. And she added me on Instagram, and we tried to meet up at another concert, which was Lily Allen. That didn't happen. It's cool. She had a great time. She was further up. I wanted to be further up, but my cousin... She was acting like a diva with the way she was coming into the city, so fuck it. And then one of my homegirls, she was at the concert, too. She got a really good seat, and she's like, oh, I can't go back to where you guys are. I have an amazing seat, and if anybody can understand that, that's me. I love being as close as possible, so I, I wasn't I was going to be mad at that. Why would I be mad at that? Like, I did want to see it with her, I did, but I wanted to see it with my cousin, too. And they both were amazing. Lily Allen ended with Fuck You, of course, and she directed it towards Donald Trump. She said that she wrote it for George Bush, actually. And then she said she had no idea what was going to follow up later. <laughs> and then she mentioned that she almost lost one of her kids. One of her kids was unaccounted for. And she was like, with the way that immigration is now, I might not see them again. Damn. And I didn't even think about it. Like, I mean, she is white, so it might not happen to her. 
But it it's possible, though. It's not totally impossible. Like, her kids, even though they're from Britain, they might get snatched up as if from they're from El Salvador and not see their parents ever again, the way that this, this enforcement of the uh, child separation with immigration has been going on. The, the, it was an Obama rule. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But he never enforced it. Trump made it an initiative. Don't let that fool you, motherfuckers. It's true. It was on the books with Obama. But Trump actually goes through with it. And why blame somebody for that? Oh, by the way, I saw his 60 Minutes interview. That's something I watched, isn't it? It's something I watched. Oh, that was before, right? I wasn't supposed to comment on it. <laughs> Let's give you this, though. At the end of, at near the end of the interview, that motherfucker said to Leslie Stahl, End of the day, I'm president and you're not. That yo, that should be on a cliche reel right there. Also, shout out to my sister. Yesterday was her birthday. She treats it like her birthday month. We all need to do that. Why have a birthday? Have a birthday month. It's better. It's more useful. We went to Mojave. Had a fucking blast. I didn't get to do my graphic uh, design class. To be honest, my social media manager, I love her to death, but she's... She's got to up her game in a little bit. Some of her organizational skills, all that good stuff, her account management. But we'll get there. We'll get there. She's listening to this. I have confidence. I have faith. We're going to get through with this. But again, shout out to my sister. Happy birthday to her. I love her so much. Um, we had such a blast. Uh, I had a blast with my cousin at the concert. I was so happy she was at brunch too. Uh, Mojave is a dope-ass spot in Astoria. They have a couple other locations in the city. Got to hit that up. Hit that up. Did I just say? And I say a lot. So you better fucking pay attention. I have a story to tell you that has to go with in it to win it. That is our phrase of the week. That is also leave it on. And I put dot, dot, dot for a reason. Because sometimes you play on a floor. Sometimes you play on a hockey rink. Sometimes you play on a field. It happens. But you leave it on the floor. As my man DMX and Swiss Beats said in the beginning. Leave it, get it on the floor, they said, though. They didn't say leave it on the floor. But I'm saying leave it on the floor. I am a competitive person, like I said. Very competitive. But I leave it on the court. When I'm trash talking, when I'm getting very heated, passionate. Same ordeal that happened with my commissioner and co-captain on my kickball team. I do not carry over that fight into real life. Where we are drinking and socializing. She has done that. I don't do that. I am in it to win it. And that's why this is sliced in half. This phrase of the week. This what the fuck did I just say. If you were in it to win it, I applaud you. I want you to go hard. That is part of sportsmanship. It's not just fucking patting people on the ass and back and being like, great game. Great game. You're so awesome. Again, this ain't wiffle ball, bitch. Oh, it makes me so mad when people don't try to win. Why? Why are you wasting my fucking time? Astoria is not that close to Jamaica, guys. Please, can we try to win? Can we not just, like, obsess about fucking getting drunk every day? I like getting drunk. Who doesn't? I don't like it more than getting high, but I like getting drunk. But I don't like to get drunk every day, and plus it adds pounds. I don't know how these people are not fucking superiorly overweight. Whoa. But let's get into a better story about winning, winning, in it to win it. When I was in college, I uh, was a freshman, 
And uh, I was at this party, uh, and I wasn't officially in the dorms yet. I was in the, the campus dorms. I wasn't in the fraternity dorms. So I picked up this girl. She had a nice rack. She was very pale. And uh, I bring her back to my dorm. And it's, uh, again, it's like one of the, uh, I think it was like a sophomore dorm, actually. But I don't think I was a sophomore. And uh, I put on one of my favorite movies just to to get the, the mood going, I guess. I don't know. Just to have something in the background. Because I've seen it a million times, so it doesn't even matter if I'm going to watch it. I'm trying to pipe. And it was Jerry Maguire, my favorite. If you know me, Jerry Maguire is my favorite movie. I have no idea why. It just has everything that I could ever want in a movie. Show me the money, Jerry. Show me the money. And so I leave her. So before I leave her in the room, I fuck her. And she's on top. And she tells me that she's winning while she's riding my dick. She's like, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. You're not going to. I'm winning. I'm winning while she's gyrating me. Okay, you're winning, homegirl. I don't know where that's coming from, but you got this. You got this W. I don't. The sportsmanship has left the building. So, like I said, she's riding and she's talking about winning. It felt like Charlie Sheen was grinding on my dick. I was like, what? What is this winning that you're talking about? What did I do? I didn't know sex was a winnable thing. I mean, who makes someone come first? I guess. All right. I'll roll with it. I'll roll with it. But are you, so anyway, I leave her in the room to watch it, and uh, she had, for some reason, her shoes were outside of my door. I didn't do that. I think she did that. She had, like, some, and she was she was carrying them in her, in her hands while we were back, coming back to my dorm. So I was already freaked out, and I go to the bathroom, and I come back, and the shoes are still there, but I go in the dorm and she's gone. I look all over the floor. Like, it wasn't that... I'm a quick pisser, by the way. I don't take that long in the bathroom. Except if I'm looking at my glorious self. If I'm just trying to make sure all things are good. I'm working on my acceptance speech for the Oscars. You know the deal. But um, when I came back, the shoes were there. She was not. And she just gave this little winning spiel to me. So I was freaked the fuck out. So I'm, call, I'm like looking around, I'm calling her cell phone, I'm doing all types of things, going straight to voicemail. I'm like, is this chick trying to kill me? Is she trying, like, I've seen these movies. And I was a black man living in Indiana. Oh my God. I mean, I know I'm half black, but I was definitely fully motherfucking scared. So I run to my dorm. I run. I literally run. I thought that she was going to come out of a bush or something like that. And the chick had no shoes. I'm like, where'd she go? I go back to uh, my fraternity. I tell them well, pretty much what happened, kind of. And uh, not trying to divulge too much details about her. By the way, she's married, and I think she has a kid now, too. Whatever. Cool. I'm happy for her. She has a glorious, she has a glorious set of tits, by the way. Oh, I miss those. Those were nice. But, um, and they laugh at me. They're like, dude, you're, you're fine. So I sleep over at the fraternity. I come back to my dorm. I look around, I look under the bed, I look at the, like, now it's not dark anymore, so now I'm not as scared. So then she hits me up, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I was so fucked up that, um, I didn't know where I was, kind of, ooh, this is actually kind of weird when she said that, uh, damn, 
But um, she uh, she was so confused at where I was. Like, she didn't know where I was. So, like, she just left. She just left. And she decided that uh, leaving without telling me was a better strategy than actually telling me that she wanted to leave. So, whatever. That spooked me out. Not really her fault, to be honest. But the winning speech, the, the winning while grinding me was fucking weird. I Sportsmanship cool kickball i love to win sex i like to win too i think like if we both come that's a win but i like a mutual win that's an area where i could respect the tie i don't like to you know i don't like ties in my sports but i like ties in my intercourse sue me um so i've told you about this dude before about winning uh, Kanye, actually. Kanye, uh, he mentioned something really cool on his little Twitter rant last week. And he said that he believes that we're going to go follower and likeless soon with social media. And I agree with him, actually. It's gotten to a point where it's just become a metric. And it's not even real anymore because, like, a lot of people use bots and shit like that. Some of my clients, some of the places I've worked at, some of the people I associate with, I know. Dude, there's people that don't have great content, and I've seen them get 300 likes. I know that they're using a bot. I know for a fact. This fat redhead chick that's on my Instagram, and she dresses horribly, by the way. I don't get it. She doesn't dress for her weight. She's a very insecure lady. She wrote her own book. I feel bad for her, to be honest. She tries really, really hard for people to like her. And I hope she's not depressed. I hope she's doing okay with her mental state because because it's so glaring obvious. But anyway, I'm with that. I'm with that. I don't think we need to win to have more followers. I don't think we need to win to have more likes. I think that we just need really dope content. I don't need to know how many likes you got on it. I'm already, like If I find that it's a really good piece of art, I'm with it. Or a really dope video, something funny. Something appealing, whatever, dude. You don't need the like. So Kanye, shout out to them, to him for that idea. That's really cool. Um, my 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 question to my audience or whoever's listening to this fucking shit. One of my friends that I don't want even, or he's not an arch. <laughs> that's funny because in this show Sherlock, I just started watching from BBC on Netflix with Benedict Cumberbatch. And Martin Freeman, they, uh, in one of the scenes, he says uh, he might even call me an arch nemesis. And that's a little exaggerated. And even the way he said it, it was sarcastic. It's true. If you're making someone in your personal life an arch nemesis, you're kind of a loser. But I'm kind of a loser for talking about this person so much. So anyway, to make a long story short, the person that I feel is in a position to help people, he does not. Also, I feel like he's a fake Malcolm X. I also think he's a fake film critic. I think he goes mad hard to dissect films. And he just doesn't have the right chutzpah for it. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a hater. Whatever. I feel like he's one of those people, like my other friend, uh, he just consumes things to trash things. Even when he's giving it compliments, he can't help but put a little side swipe on it. And so I had this conversation with someone else that knew him. And we agreed that, like, we feel that our path is better in the creative sector than what he is doing. He has always had to stay on the straight and narrow. He has always had to do things the right way. He had no hiccups, no roadblocks. And I think, and we came to the conclusion, I think that like the reason why he has so much 
passive aggressive animosity towards me because to me I'm confrontational. So like the way that you know that I'm upset with you is if I bring it to you. This dude will go through back channels just like my kickball commissioner to make sure I don't make it in the places that he's in. And it's because, like I said, he went the boring route. He went like with no risk taking, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something in his life that he did that he had to to do. But to me, he had to keep it all cordial and because he doesn't have that much talent. And a lot of people have to do that. They have to stick to the motherfucking script in order to get by in life. And I'll... I'll never respect that as much as people that actually do the things they really want to do in life. This person was an anthropology major, I think, or like a a social, uh, yeah, sociology major. Had nothing to do with marketing, and he's in marketing. But he started out, I looked at his LinkedIn, he started out in sales. I will never do sales. That's not my thing. So again, I'm not willing to bite those type of bullets, but I'm willing to take risks, and I'm willing to bet my house in order for me, for me to make it. And this dude, everything is calculated. So is that really winning? Are you really leaving on the floor when you do that? I don't think so. Um, Back to kickball, actually. I have a dude on my team. Whenever he struggles, he wants to quit. To me, that ain't, that ain't right. My parents, when I played football around when I was like in sixth grade, um... Me and my brother wanted to quit a couple times, but they didn't let us. And I actually really commend them on that because too many people quit at things they're not good at. Why? I mean, unless it's like a really waste of time, like you could be doing something more beneficial. No, but if you're having fun, who cares? You don't have to be good at everything. I see so many people that won't play things, that will quit on things that they're just not good at. Okay, I guess. I guess that ruins the fun for everybody. So basically, whenever this dude misses a catch or he misses a kick or something like that, I'm not that great at kickball either, but I want to be better. And how am I going to get better if I quit whenever I fuck up? I'll never get that. So leave that on the floor, motherfuckers. Leave that on the gravel where we play kickball. Leave that shit there. And if you're going to bring your little loser mentality and you're going to quit at something like, I don't know, they're making a spreadsheet or something like that. I quit. I don't want anybody. I I, I can't do this. That means I got to do it. Fuck you. Um, shout out to the losers that leave you in LinkedIn purgatory. We've talked about this before, social media purgatory. Now people will do it in LinkedIn. People don't think they're good enough to be a connection to you in LinkedIn. One of my homeboys tried to hook me up with someone that worked at NYU in the communications department. That's mostly what I do in my professional life. I work in communications offices. And I tried to touch base with them. The dude wouldn't accept my friend request. And he like gave some like, some like side eye type, like some freaking okie doke kind of answer. I don't like that, man. If you can't help, don't even answer. Don't give me some like, and that's what my, my, the friend I just talked about, the one that's in a position to help people. And he's in a high, he's a director in a marketing company, iHeartMedia, actually. He's turned down BET. He's, he's actually pretty impressive. I'm not going to hate on that. I just think it was boring the route that he took to get there. Whatever, but that's his route. That's his journey. Everybody has a different journey. And, uh, yeah, I feel like he gives those kind of same answers. Like, he'll pretend that he's going to help you, but he really doesn't. And the same thing with that LinkedIn dude. You are not a winner if you don't help others win. That's my point with that. You are not a winner if you are not. What is the point of life if you're not helping others? So, unfortunately for me, I got to keep being in these positions to need help or to want help at least. And then one day I won't. And I will be the one that people judge for not helping. Because I'm going to help people. I don't care. They can judge me all they want. I am so down. 
I, I won't ever, I don't ever feel good just being successful on my own. I love a team to be successful. I love to elevate people, whether you're my spouse, whether you're my girlfriend, my partner, my friend, my coworker. I like to be team success. Now, will I leave you behind to, to do my success? Yeah, if you're not pulling your weight, but fuck it. Uh, shout out to the the Budding Ranch uh, founder, huge conservative dude, whatever. But it seems like those guys die pretty quick. And uh, I don't know, maybe too much Viagra or something like that, but he died. So I will not be going to the Bunny Ranch because, to be honest, that was probably pretty much going for him. Like, I know, I mean, if I wanted to go see fake titties and ass, like, I can go anywhere in the, the world. And if I wanted to pay an upcharge for that, I'd definitely just stay in New York. But it was kind of an iconic thing, and he was an icon himself. And he, he was on HBO. He had his own show, The Bunny Ranch. Um, he was there. He was the found, he was the uh, owner while Lamar Odom was ODing and shit like that. So it's a pretty significant spot. If you still want to go see the Bunny Ranch, it's still in Nevada. Do your thing. I don't know. I'm not as enticed anymore. I like to be associated with winners. And to be honest, even though he was a loser in some fashion, he was a winner in many people's eyes. And if I'm going to be around fake titties and ass, I like to be around a winner. And as far as his politics is concerned, it doesn't really matter. I know that I have a very liberal stance on things, but I'm trying to get to the middle just like everybody else. Whether you're trying to fuck or fuck shit up. That's how you should be. You should always try to get to the middle. Losers who don't know what they want end up wasting winners who know what they want at that time. And that's enough time for me. So that's a wrap. That's the end of this show. This week, episode 29. In it to win it. Leave it on the dot, dot, dot. Next week will be episode 30. That will be a very special episode. We'll try to like market that a different way. Again, shout out to Maria, my social media manager. Shout out to my team. Um, Harry, he mixes my, my intro and outro. Hopefully he'll be giving me better stuff soon. Because, yeah, man, you always want to get better, man. You want to evolve the show. So hopefully he's down with that with me. I love him. He was, at, uh, he was at the brunch yesterday, too. I really love my team. You know, we got flaws. We're not perfect. But um, we're, we're trying to give you great content. Shout out to my Real Hot Fresh crew. Again, if you're listening and we got those phone interviews, that really sucks. And I really want to do something about that. So we will. You can add me at Stillvinsane, S-T-I-L-L-V-I-N-S-A-N-E. Well, if you're listening to the show, you'll probably see that anyway. I'm on Twitter. I fucking rant the fuck out of Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Keep Up, Shut Up. Keep Up NYC is on Instagram. You can catch my social media manager. She's Maria Bedazian, Maria Dot Bedazian. You can catch my my mixer. Actually, his name is Jewbear Twenty Three on Instagram. He's a pretty cool guy too. He has a private account though, so that's up to you if you want to follow that. Um, yeah, dudes, Halloween's coming up. We got some Halloween promotions going down. But that's it for now. So you know what you can do. You can shut the fuck up, listen up, and keep up with your boy, Sylvan Sane. Over and out, homies. Mm-hmm.